Welcome to my Japanese Green Tea Podcast, the Green Tea Show with a Japanese Twist. And now your host, Ricardo Caicedo. Hello everyone, welcome to podcast episode number 14. Today I'm, I'm going to interview Noli Erges from Sugimoto America. And he's gonna tell us about his company. Hi Noli, how are you? Hey there, Ricardo. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great here. Thanks for coming. Oh yeah, well certainly. Could you make a, a small introduction about yourself? Sure. So um, I've, I've lived in Japan uh, about two and a half years. And uh, through that, I, I became acquainted with tea. Uh, and I came back from the U.S. And, you know, here in the U.S., you, tea is something that you have to seek out. So uh, whenever I saw this position available with Sugimoto America, I jumped on it. And uh, it's been great. I've learned a lot. And I actually know a lot more about tea than I did when I was in Japan. And it's been great also seeing how the, the tea industry has been moving forward in the U.S. How long have you worked for Sugimoto? So it's coming on a year here in a little bit. Uh, where, where are you working now? What's your position? So Sugimoto America is a subsidiary of Sugimoto Seicha, which is a, a tea maker in Japan. Um, so on the U.S. side, really all we have is an office and warehouse. Uh, we only have three people in this company, Sugimoto America. So we all wear a lot of hats. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I'm talking with potential clients. Uh, sometimes I'm working on marketing materials. Uh, sometimes I'm working on uh, package design. So, you know, kind of We do a little of everything. There's even custodial work that we have to do, you know, once a week. So <laughs> everybody pitches in. But m mostly, the company sells to businesses, or or is or is it mostly to people through the internet? Yeah, so we're predominantly uh, a supplier of green tea because we make the tea in Japan, uh, and all the tea that we sell here in the U.S has gone through the factory uh, in Japan. So a lot of our business, a lot of our clients are, you know, like tea houses. Uh, there are, you know, online shops that are selling tea. Um, we also uh, supply to, you know, restaurants. Uh, there are some people that are using our tea as an ingredient and making other products. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you know, anybody that needs just raw Japanese tea, um, they can get that through us. We do have uh, some retail products. So, you know, there are some grocery stores regionally that you can find our teas in. Um, and we do have an online shop, but that's not exactly our focus. Okay. C can you tell me about the history of, of Sugimoto? Yeah, so the company, Sugimoto Seicha, uh, which means literally Sugimoto Tea Maker, Uh, started in 1946, so right after the, the last World War. And, well, I guess I guess a little bit of background. Um, my boss, the head of Sugimoto America, he is a Sugimoto. Um, and so his grandfather started the company in Japan. And at the time, it wasn't exactly a company. It was just, you know, a Japanese man uh, making tea and selling it in the streets. 
and just you know over time it became such that you know there was they built a factory and had to hire employees uh really my boss's uh his father who's the current president of the company uh hiroyuki sugimoto he's the one that seems to have developed the company the most and so the factory has really expanded in japan uh they're able to produce or to you know, go through high volumes of tea in the factory and uh you know obviously our sugimoto america is just a small portion of what goes through the factory the majority of it is produced for customers in japan more or less how much tea are you selling i don't know each month in the u.s oh <laughs> uh well that could be answered in one of two ways. Uh, it could be answered in, in terms of weight or in terms of uh, dollar amounts. Uh, I, I guess I don't have a very good idea of weight uh, because that's... Actually, no, I guess I could answer in terms of weight. Uh, we Every two months, uh, we get shipments from Japan. And uh, each time we bring in about two tons of tea... So I'd say in a month we sell a ton of tea. It's a lot of tea. Yeah, yeah. And whenever the shipments come in, uh, we have to take the whole thing. That it's usually two and a half tons because obviously there's packaging and, and all that involved. And uh, we have to take the two and a half tons and move it into our warehouse. And that's something that um, my boss Kyohei and I uh, do every couple of months. And so at the end of the day. Uh, it's when I look back and I realize that between the two of us, we moved two and a half tons of tea. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> where is the tea being made in in what region of Japan? <clears throat> so predominantly, uh, our the teas that we that we make um, are coming from farms in the Kakegawa region of Shizuoka Prefecture in Japan. Uh, for those people who are unfamiliar with Shizuoka Prefecture, it is the prefecture where Mount Fuji is, and it's also the number one tea-producing region in all of Japan. Uh, more than 40% of the tea that's produced in Japan is produced in Shizuoka prefecture. And uh, it it's, kind of has the reputation, I guess, if you're in the U.S., Washington and apples. Um, but if you want to think of it more in terms of, uh, you know, like fine beverages, like the Napa Valley and wine for the U.S. Uh, that's yeah. what Shizuoka is for tea in, in Japan. And are the tea fields from Sugimoto or they buy from, from other farmers? Or? So Japan has a, a system that... Actually, I'm not familiar with the way things are in, in China and Taiwan and, and India, the other main tea-producing regions. Um, but in Japan, <clears throat> farmers tend to focus on growing the tea and growing very good tea. So occasionally there will be farms that actually process the tea, but quite often all the farmer does is tend to the crops, uh, produce a good harvest each year. Uh, they'll harvest the tea. The tea, for Japanese tea, because it's green tea, it the oxidation has to be halted. So the farmers will do the steaming, the initial steaming um, that will determine, you know, if it's 
a regular sencha, say for example, or a asamushi light steamed or fukamushi deep steamed. Um, the, the farmers handle that, and then they do other minimal processing. And at that point, the tea is considered aracha, which is crude tea, you could say in English. And the aracha is then purchased by tea makers, tea manufacturers, such as Sugimoto Secha. And then it goes to the factory and it's, you know, the, the leaves are separated to make sencha, the stems are separated to make kukicha, the fine particulates are separated to make konacha or things that go in tea bags. Um, and, you know, all the different, or say like rice is added to the leaves to make genmaicha, the leaves and stems are roasted to make hojicha, all those things happen uh, on the tea maker side. So what you would buy from a farmer, the aracha, is actually, it's not a finished tea product, and it's not it's the raw material. Yeah, it's the raw material, and it, it won't last very long. Um, so, you know, you can buy direct from farms and, and get aracha. Uh, it's not very common, um, but it won't last very long, and it's not, you know, like it might have twigs in it or, you know, like some parts, woody parts that you wouldn't necessarily want in your tea. Okay, well, I'm going to go into your website. Mm -hmm. And for the listeners, it's www.sugimotousa.com. Yes. Um, I see that, that you have different types of sencha. You have the different types of steaming. Yes. Um, what, what's the difference between, between each? <clears throat> yeah, so we are kind of... I'd say unique in the American market in that we we actually display uh, the steaming time for our our different senchas. Uh, so as I mentioned before, tea Japanese tea is the oxidation is halted by steaming, and you can steam. Uh, usually, steaming is between 30 seconds to a minute. We have three different types. Asamushi is light steamed, so that's actually under 30 seconds, more like 20 seconds or maybe 15 seconds. Uh, the amount of steaming time actually depends more, depends a lot on the state of the leaves when they're harvested. Um, but a light steaming time is is less than you know 20 seconds or less. We have a chumushi, which is like medium steamed, and that's you know between 30 seconds to uh, maybe 45, 50 seconds, up to a minute. That's what normal sencha usually is. So usually you wouldn't add chumushi. Uh, it's just sencha. And then uh, kind of the specialty of the Kakigawa region is fukamushi, or deep steam. And fukamushi is more towards a minute, uh, or maybe slightly over a minute. Uh, and actually our chumushi is kind of on the, on the deep steam side of chumushi. Uh, so Generally, the steaming time is, is going to be a lot less. It's going to be in the 30 to 45 seconds, 45 second range for uh, for most sencha producers. And do you find that in the U.S. people prefer the standard steaming more or is it just varies? It's, I mean, it does vary uh, kind of, well, the American market, I would say, uh, tends to put an emphasis on the appearance of the leaves. Uh, that's why the fukamushi doesn't sell well. Well, no, it, it because that's kind of our specialty. That's that's what we usually push, and um, I, I guess I'll get to to how that works and how that's good in a moment. But 
Um, so like sort of Chinese teas, the appearance of the leaf is very important. Having whole leaves, uh, and you want you know almost nothing in the infused tea, in the infusion. With Japanese teas, because of the steaming, the steaming actually breaks down the leaf and uh, it produces kind of particulates. And you very rarely do get a whole leaf in a Japanese sencha. So if you do a light steaming, you do the least damage to the leaf. Uh, it's kind of the closest to the raw state. Uh, it's going to be very grassy flavored. And you'll get a relatively clear liquor once you infuse the tea leaves. As you steam longer, the tea leaves break down more and more. And so a fukamushi sencha, uh, a lot of people look at it and they think, you know, this looks like garbage. This looks like uh, just like the fans <laughs> that you would use for a tea bag. But actually, it's that longer steaming time that breaks down the leaf more. And uh, due to the smaller leaf size, because it's more particulate, um, it steeps sooner and a lot more of the flavor releases. And a lot of that grassy flavor is converted into more of an umami flavor. So uh, fukamushi is much more savory flavored sencha. And uh, in that region in particular, in Shizuoka, that's kind of what they're known for. That's their specialty. And um, our, our president of the company, Hiroyuki Sugimoto, he stands by you know the flavor of the tea, not by the appearance of the tea. Uh, and so for people who really like that savory flavor that a sencha can have with the extra steaming time, then a, a fukamushi is a really great tea to go with. Yeah, and, and I believe... In in that region of Shizuoka, people like it better the the fukamushicha. Yeah, yeah, certainly, especially in the Kakigawa region. Okay, we wrote each other through email. Mm -hmm. You told me about the the temomi shincha, the hand rolled shincha. Oh yeah. Could you tell me more about that? Yeah, so temomi shincha. Uh, temomi <clears throat> means hand rolled, and shincha means new tea. Back in the day, all Japanese teas were hand-processed. They were hand-picked. Uh, they were put into bamboo steaming wicker baskets, basically. And uh, then they were hand-rolled and, and dried. And um, Nowadays, the vast majority, uh, I would say almost all Japanese tea is machine-processed. It's, uh, it's, it's harvested by machine. It's sorted by machine. Um, it's kind of done in these very clean factories. And part of that, you know, the industrial revolution, mechanization of everything. Um, but also, Japan is, is a country where labor costs are, are very high. Uh, people get paid fair wages. Um, so to, to have completely hand-processed tea would result in a very, very expensive tea. Uh, so the, the hand rolling is kind of seen more as a, in fact, it has um, been designated an intangible cultural treasure within Japan. Uh, so our president's wife, um, who's also part of the company, uh, she is an artisan of the hand rolling of tea. And so she's part of a group that gets together every year and they produce this hand-rolled tea. So it's picked by hand, it's steamed the traditional way in the bamboo baskets, and then it's hand-processed and hand-rolled into very fine needles. Uh, 
this is something that you know is is kind of dying in Japan, uh, along with a lot of the other traditional Japanese cultural activities. Uh, so there have been organizations, uh, well, basically like little communities of artisans that have come together and made their own little group, and they kind of do this thing, uh, this sort of thing, more as a hobby, but uh, also to preserve the tradition. And so uh, this particular group that uh, are, well, my boss's mother is a part of, uh, they have been selected uh, two times now to actually perform this for the emperor for the first tea of the year. Uh, so they have a ceremony every year where the emperor drinks you know, the, freshest, the freshest tea, and it's always produced in this uh, traditional fashion where it's hand-picked, you know, totally hand-processed. Uh, and so twice they've, they've been able to do that. Well, it's impressive. Yeah, so we we are a bit different, I guess, in terms of the, the American marketplace in that we have someone in our company who's doing this, uh, and we own a small um, tea farm uh, where, where this is done every year. Uh, these trees aren't used for really anything else because you, you need a different type of tree to do this hand-processed uh, tea. We don't need a different type of tree, but it's best if you have um, what's called the baraki. It's a tree. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of the Japanese tea fields, uh, but they tend to be like bushes that are very round. Really uniform. Yeah, and that's, that's to make it easier to see the new leaves, easier to harvest using machinery, uh, just more e like easier to manage. So for the hand-rolled tea, uh, we use this small lot of tea trees that are allowed to just kind of grow. So their branches are going everywhere. They're growing, you know, more, more in their natural state. Uh, and so they, you can hand pick, you know, the leaves all throughout the tree because it's by hand. Um, and we have a, a small lot of trees that we, <laughs> we have just for that. So I imagine that the Temo Michincho must be really expensive. Oh yeah. So, um, so sorry, I was <laughs> getting to, Uh, I guess we're, we are unique in that we have, you know, one of these tea, uh, small tea fields. That's not even a field. It's more like a, a small grove. And um, we produce from that. Uh, it only hap occurs during one day because these are, you know, tea artisans. A lot of them are retired. Uh, it's just a kind of a group that's doing this. Uh, we produce about four, sorry, two kilograms of the Temomi Shincha each year, so about four and a half pounds. And we sell it in small 10-gram packages, which, you know, is, it's, is actually one serving. <laughs> it's just 10 grams, <laughs> but it's, it's one serving because it's meant to be brewed very concentrated, uh, kind of like the espresso of loose-leaf teas, uh, kind of similar to Gyokuro, I guess, in that regard. <clears throat> so we actually produce this. Uh, if you were to buy it by the pound... Uh, it would be, I, I calculated it, and uh, the cost we're selling it at would be $750 per pound. And we actually lose money on this tea because um, in order to, to make like a proper margin, the price would be ridiculous. Um, so mm. we, we kind of take a cut on it, but we do it to preserve the tradition. Uh, so, you know, our, our president's wife, she wants to make it, um, you know, the, the whole group wants to do this every year and we want to support that. 
And then we also want to bring a little bit of that over to the U.S. And so we bring a limited number each year. I think um, 500 grams uh, we bring to the U.S. each year. And so I believe we're the only uh, the only company I know of in the U.S. that's actually uh, selling a hand-rolled tea, that the fine needles that are actually produced by hand. And you're going to sell it through the online store? Yeah, we only do that through the online store. Uh, Shincha... The first harvest occurs in late April, generally, and then we, it, you know, we need a, a lot time for the shipment to get here. So it's available in the U.S. Um, usually mid late May. Oh, and uh, I should mention we we've done the past few years a, a demonstration of Temomicha at the World Tea Expo, which this year will be at the end of May in Los Los Angeles. So we're hoping it. The tea makes it here in time for that. Yeah. I'm going to go through to your webpage again. Mm -hmm. And this time I want to look for the for the teaware. I'm interested in the in the Tokoname Yusamashi. I actually bought it from you. Okay, thank you. Can you tell me why isn't there more Yusamashi in the US? Is it something that doesn't sell that well? Yeah, so I want to ask you, actually, um, did you have a difficult time finding one when you were looking? Yeah, because I I, I saw some of them, they, they look exactly like the Yusamashi, but it's actually a, a teapot, it's, it's the leadless teapot. Oh, yes, there so, are So some. it has a mesh, the, okay. how is it called? The yeah, the mesh. Futanashi teapot. Yeah, there are the, yeah, the, the lidless kyusu, effectively. And maybe there are other Yusamashi, but they don't have the handle, and, and I think the handle looks better. Oh, yeah, and definitely much easier to handle. Yeah. Uh, so we we actually did not carry a Yusamashi until last year. Uh, we've had Yusamashi uh, that the company owns and uses when we do, like, tastings or demos, uh, and... I was using this to do demos, say, at grocery stores uh, and also classes. And I, I told Kyohei, my boss, uh, I said, I don't know of another store uh, that's, that's, or at least another tea company that's carrying these yuzamashi. Um, you know, we're using them. And it's kind of the traditional way to, you know, to make gyokuro and very fine sencha. Uh, so why don't we, you know, why don't we bring them in uh, from Japan? So he... <laughs> He agreed to it, and uh, we just brought it in uh, about the summer of last year. Uh, for those people who don't know what the yuzamashi is, I guess I should say what that is. Um, yuzamashi literally means like hot water cooling, and so it's a water cooling pot. It's uh, because gyokuro and very fine sencha you should brew at uh, a lower temperature, so definitely not boiling. You want to use... Um, you know, different people have different preferences, but usually for gyokuro, 140 to 160 degree water in Fahrenheit. Uh, sencha, usually 175 degrees or less. Uh, so it, it, back before people had thermometers or, or zojirushi, you know, water boiling pots that let you set the temperature, uh, before that, uh, you would boil the water, you would pour it into something. And the yuzamashi was that vessel that allowed you to cool the water 
and then pour it, you know, into the into the cups or into the teapot. So uh, we brought in, you know, the yuzumashi, and uh, it hasn't it hasn't been selling too well. But I think that that's partly <laughs> because uh, most people don't know about it and don't know uh, what it's for. Uh, but also, <laughs> I think the need for a yuzumashi is not very great now that most people have, uh, you know, electric kettles that you can set the temperature on. But I like to use it, especially when I'm doing a lot of different teas, uh, because it allows me to set the the water boiling pot for the hottest tea, like say for a hojicha, where you want it near boiling. And then whenever I'm doing sencha or I'm doing matcha, then I can just put the the water in the yuzumashi and wait for it to cool down t- until I can put it into the teapot or into the bowl. I think it's also really good, uh, though, for people, uh, if you're doing matcha in particular, um, even though it's not traditionally used for matcha, most people don't have the fancy wooden ladles that, that are traditionally yeah. used to put the water into the tea bowl. But if you have a yuzamashi, you can boil water, you can put it in the yuzamashi, let it cool down, and then pour from the yuzamashi into the the chawang, the matcha bowl, and it makes it a little easier to, to do. Yeah, and I think it also looks it, it looks really nice. Yeah, to so use the, the yuzamashi. Yeah, the the yuzamashi we have is from the same area as our kyusu, the kyusu being the teapot, with and both have the handle on the side in the traditional you know, Japanese fashion. Uh, Tokoname is a region in, near Nagoya uh, that's very known for its pottery. Uh, they're all clay pots, and uh, ours are, are very standard. There's no design on them. Uh, some of them are painted, but ours are just the clay. Uh, the, the clay from that region, um, I guess for Yuzamashi it doesn't matter, but for Kyusu, the reason that those Kyusu are very sought after is uh, it's it's said that the clay reacts with the tannins in the tea to actually make the tea more mild when brewed from a tokoname kyusu. You also say on your on your website that the tea fields are certified by the GIAHS. What what does that mean? Okay, so GIAHS is a it's a recognition that is bestowed upon certain regions of the world by the FAO, the Food and Agricultural Organization. It's a branch of the United Nations, and uh, the GIAS designation is stands for a Globally Important Agricultural Heritage Systems. Uh, so this destination is given to certain areas where there is a traditional uh, agricultural method that has created sort of a symbiosis between man, agriculture, and the environment. <clears throat> so uh, it's, it's this kind of sustainable farming practices that, you know, really kind of benefit both land, animals, plants, and people. So why why did we get the GS designation? Well, first I want to I wanna mention that we, Sugimoto Seicha, did not get this designation. Our farms in particular did not get the designation. It's uh, the Kakegawa region in Shizuoka uh, got the designation. So it spans five municipalities, five, I guess, counties, you could kind of say. Uh, Kakegawa, Shimada, Makinohara, 
uh, Fujieda and uh, sorry, I'm blanking on the other one, but uh, it spans this region. Before I get into it too much, um, I do want to just put this in perspective. Uh, there are probably, I think there are currently four, there's some under review, but there's about four sites in Japan that have this designation. Uh, there's only one site in the U.S. with the GS designation. Uh, I think that's partly because we just don't have a very long um, history in terms of our modern agriculture. Uh, so the the one site in the U.S. is uh, it has to do with Native American agriculture uh, in the Colorado River Basin, I believe, in in Arizona. So it, mm-hmm. history is necessary uh, to get this designation. For our area uh, in Kakigawa, in Shizuoka, um, there's this practice. It's called chagusa, and having these, which is tea fields, chagusa. And there are these fields where the tea grows, the, sorry, the, these grasses grow, um, called chagusaba, which is the tea grass fields. So it's not, it's not a special type of grass. It's not like grass that you can make tea from or anything like that. It's just the natural native grasses that grow in this region. So what the farmers will do is they'll have their tea lot, their you know their tea trees, and then they'll own extra land that you can't really grow the tea on because maybe the slopes are too steep, and they'll let the kind of the grasses just go wild there. At the end of the growing season, they'll then harvest the grasses. Uh, they will mulch them, and then they'll spread kind of the mulched grass. Uh, through the tea fields. Now, what this does for agriculture, it it provides a natural fertilization, um, natural pest control, natural water retention. <clears throat> but for the environment, these areas are allowed to grow throughout the the summer. And a lot of these grasses are annual grasses, so they effectively get to go through their life cycle. They get to see or you know grow flower seed spread their seed and then die and they're harvested after they've kind of died for the year so there are uh, some some endangered grasses uh there are some endemic grasses and there are some endemic uh insects that are reliant on these grasses that thrive in these areas and so some of these some species being you know critically endangered species are actually propagated through uh, this practice of you know letting the tea grass tea grass fields exist and then using those uh, at the end of the season in the tea fields oh I see it's very good because they they ben- the farmers also benefit from taking care of the grass sure yeah so it, it gives farmers something to do in the winter actually <laughs> uh, <laughs> when after the last harvest and until the first harvest, uh, at the beginning of the year, they spend, I think, 60% of their time on average uh, tending to the, the grass fields and, you know, collecting the grasses and, and processing them and putting them back into the tea fields. The grasslands, they're owned by the farmers? Yeah, so it, it depends. Um, <clears throat> some farmers, along with their tea plants, they'll also, you know, the, the land that their tea plants are on, they'll also own... Uh, some land on the mountainside and where they'll allow the tea grasses to grow. And in some cases, especially where there's cooperatives, uh, very small farms, it'll be seen as like communal property 
and uh, you know all the farmers from that area will do the work collecting the grasses and all of them will split it up and, and use it in their respective fields uh, and sometimes it's just kind of the land of the you know the, I don't know, it's the county the, the city and it's just kind of designated for that use um, I'm gonna ask you one last question because okay. time is running yeah running up does the Sugimoto America have any any plan for this year? I wouldn't Are you say working on something now. Yeah, so uh, we do we do have some retail teas, and we're we're trying to improve the packaging for those. Um, we want to give it a little bit more of a Japanese feel to it. Uh, we also want to come out with an uh, an organic uh, retail tea tea line. Uh, and we also want uh, to to cr start creating, well, not creating, but putting out uh, compostable tea bags, uh, which is something we've been looking into a lot in the last year. Uh, as far as I don't know, business in general, um, we do want to expand our line of organic teas. We just started offering organic teas last year. Uh, we're looking to to offer a lot more, and. There's actually been a big development in that field, in that area, in that uh, Japanese organic, JAS, and USDA organic, what we have here in the U.S., they've reached a reciprocity agreement. And so finally, uh, we can import Japanese organic uh, as USDA organic and distribute USDA organic um, teas here in the U.S. So that's very exciting. Yeah, because otherwise you would have to have both certifications and it would be twice as expensive right yeah when when you were talking with ian chun um on your <laughs> podcast about the organics uh I, i was definitely thinking about that um and yeah it, a lot of the small farmers as he mentioned they just can't afford uh you know to hold a second certification just for uh you know export to the u.s and so i think it'll help this this reciprocity agreement that they've reached will help bring a lot more and a lot better um, organic teas from Japan because now these small artisanal farmers don't have to shell out an extra like several thousands you know dollars every year just to maintain a USDA organic certification. Well, Noli, then, uh, thank you very much for your time. Oh, it thanks was, for it having me. very nice talking to you. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, I'll make sure I, I review... A tea from from Sugimoto in the near future. Yeah, and we'll. And we'll also, I'll, I'll write another post about uh, about the user magic that I that I bought from you. Oh, great! Thank you. And we'll try to get you a Temomi Shincha whenever. Actually, it may be quicker uh, if you just stop by our booth at the World Tea Expo, and we can hand you one there. Yeah, I'll I'll be I'll be there with a press pass. All right, great. Looking forward <laughs> to seeing you then. Thanks, and and good luck with with your work All right, thanks take care that's it for this episode if you're listening from iTunes you can access the show notes by going to www.myjapanesegreentea slash episode 14 don't forget to rate this podcast in case that you like it see you later thanks for listening to my Japanese green tea podcast at www.myjapanesegreentea.com Www